night of all teams. Went out and played like swaggering dandies as the Hamlet do. An absolute humdinger from about 25 yards. Get it. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger. Hello and welcome to Forward the Hamlet. My name's Ben Sibley. And I'm Hugo Greenhouch. We haven't done a podcast for quite a while, we apologise, we've been away on holidays and we've really struggled to get access to players and management at Dulwich, we've tried our best but a lot of games we haven't been able to so we're sorry. It's the first one in a while, we hope you enjoy it. There's two quite long, ep- sorry episodes, there's two quite long chats, we speak to Duncan Palmer, Dulwich's official photographer or one of two official photographers. We also spoke to some Whitehawk fans before the FA Cup game about the shared values between the two clubs and the goings-on down at Whitehawk in the past few years. First off, here's the chat with Duncan that I had with him about three weeks ago at Champion Hill. Photography? Mm. Why? Why? Um, That's a good question. Um, It's like... I think I first got a good camera in Japan when I lived there in 2007. I'd always just had like a little compact one at university, just point and shoot and not really doing anything interesting with it. And then suddenly I sort of, I got this good camera. And I thought, oh, actually, I can do a lot more with a decent camera. And I started like experimenting and then, so that was like eight years ago now. Oh, so it's only been in a hobby for eight years, really. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. And then sort of, and then in recent years, I've just become a bit more technically good and you, I've been sort of going on courses and then and people just say to me you should yeah, maybe you should do this um, for a living or just do this not just as a hobby so yeah so in the last like couple of years I've started to get like proper work out of it paid work so. and you know, now I can do that with football as well it's, it's a, a, a added bonus and judging by your website which is duncanpalmer.com thank you you special, seem to specialise in weddings uh, yeah I do events. weddings weddings and events corporate stuff uh, I really love travel photography, um, but obviously travel involves spending lots of money sometimes, and um, it's unless you're like commissioned to go to places, it's yeah you, you can't really do that that much. So yeah, so weddings and events are always always happening. There's always a market for that kind of thing. And what are the main differences between photographing a wedding or an event to photographing sport? Um, Move, the movement. I it's yeah, it's much quicker. And you have to really anticipate things. Like with a wedding or an event, you sort of you can see what's going to happen, and it's always the same. Or you know, there's always the same movements, and the same people are going to be the same positions for things. And you can be a bit more. Yeah, you can get away with just taking your time and trying different things. But with, with sport and football, and I do a lot of cycling as well, and it's just yeah, you have to be on the ball, and you have to have nice. a, a big lens as well. <laughs> That's the other thing. Investing in a big lens has, has changed things really. And, but yeah, I'd say this is the speed and being able to anticipate things and sort of watch out for things, and you're, you have to be just f- focused all the time. I'm sure a few people listening to this will be a lot more technical than I am. So, what kit do you use, for, especially for Dulwich games? I have a. Uh, an, an this is going to mean absolutely nothing to me. 
Well, you know what an SLR is, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I've got a, I've got a DSLR, I've got a Canon, like a full a full frame, five uh, D Mark III, which is it's used for like they they use it for filming things like TV shows sometimes filmed all on a Mark a five D Mark III. And it's used by so many so many professionals, and it's sort of when I, when I was talking to people about which camera I should get if I wanted to start <clears throat> getting paid work, they said just get that because it's just it's versatile. It does everything really. Um, a lot of snappers will have one. There's there's some which have like faster frames per second, but that would, you know I, I hadn't d- done as much sport photography when I was buying this camera, so I was like, if, if I wanted to get a second body, which I'm considering, because then I can have different get capture different things rather than having to changing lens and things like that then yeah then I'd sort of look for something with a faster frames per second but this is it's great this does the job and it's also really good in low light as well and that's in pitches like in stadiums like this where the, the floodlights aren't enormous yeah <laughs> you sort of need a camera that can do well in, in low light especially considering I mean it's <clears throat> about well, it's just coming up to 7pm on a week night now it's mm. already getting dark yeah most of the season is played in low light yeah yeah but it'd be only like the first half on a Saturday most of the time which will be decent light daylight Um, and so that means you also need to have a good lens which has um, a a big low aperture number so a big opening so it lets in more light like Um, a pupil yes that's right yes yes Uh, so an f-stop of like 2.8 is my my sort of telephoto lens and it's also all the way through all the all the zoom is this, it, it, it keeps that maximum aperture because the cheaper lenses will, will the aperture will get smaller the, the more you zoom in but the more expensive ones it will just it will be two point eight all the way yeah you're a couple of months into I was going to say your position but it's not really I suppose it is a position we can yeah. call it a position one of yeah. one of two official photographers at Dulwich Hamlet yeah yeah um, you were approached at the end of last season. Mm. Um, you've been in there, what, six or seven, maybe eight games now? Yeah, so I've done a lot of the pre-season games, yeah. And, and then now I've done, yeah, about six or seven league games. Mm. Do you feel like you've already improved? Yes. Since the first game? <laughs> Absolutely. I found settings on my camera that didn't, didn't know really existed. <laughs> they were such big menus and you can get lost in them sometimes. But, you know, I've, I've, I asked some people who, were, who I met like in the pre-season friendlies as well other people have been doing Mac football photography for a lot longer just any tips and they sort of gave me what tips on what to look out for where to stand where to sit things like that so Kevin James has just ran past doing a little warm up yeah. have you managed to get a photo of him smiling yet? I don't know if I have or not <laughs> I saw him on, on Sunday actually at the youth game and he was he was uh, laughing away joking about the stock market but Actually, during a game, usually it's um, yeah, no, not, not a smile. <laughs> oh, actually, no, no, no. When when because when the the goal went in on Saturday, the last minute winner by Reese Morel Williamson. Williamson, yeah, yeah. Mouthful. Oh, don't forget the sun. Uh, when that screamer arced into the net, Kevin James was. I think <laughs> I watched the highlights, and basically he fell over flat on his face about five seconds before he went in. And so there's a there's a picture of like seen it. Kevin James like <laughs> lying prostrate on the ground. Looking up, and then then cha- and then when it went in, he he was laughing and chasing um, Reese to drag him to the floor, and a bundle ensued. The photos are great. Even oh. you caught the shot as well, which yeah. was which was perfect. Sometimes, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's the thing. You need to sort of be able to sort of think right. Something's going to happen here. And I thought 
he looks like he's going to because he'd been trying to do stuff all whatever he came on in the second half and he looked like he was trying to do something on especially his debut and I thought right so he's going to he's going to have a shot here and yeah lucky enough I got it and I got the keeper looking at the ball as it went past him as well which is funny yeah <laughs> that's always a good one to get the reactions on people's faces it's fantastic and do you find during the game you tend to adapt to what's going on on the pitch so if it's a more physical kind of game you're mm. going to try and get some shots of some aerial challenges yeah. some big tackles yeah, yeah yeah definitely uh, you'd move around to a different spot as well if you think like if there's a lot of corners coming in for example you'd like I, I think I, in the first game I noticed that there were lots of corners and and Scannell got his header from the corner. I've yeah. sort of gone round because I thought, well, if, if they're going to get a header on, then it will be it will look better from the angle I got it at. So, yeah, because it's easy to photograph a game, I imagine, but it's hard. It's more difficult to photograph it and tell the story of the game, mm. which yeah. is what you just explained. Yeah, yeah, exa- exactly. And then um, I, I really enjoy. It. I mean, the w- winds are great because at the end, also, it's just it's m- much better atmosphere in the grounds, and you, yeah, everyone's sort of static and behind the goal they're going mad and the rabble and then the players obviously look more open to having their photograph taken at the end clapping and stuff like I think it was when when Gray's equalised in the last minute they just obviously like like walked a bit across to them and then just got off it doesn't really make for good photographs that yeah and we're leaning against the railing at Champion Hill and it's something so small and yet I bet being on the other side of it yeah, makes a huge difference. I yeah. bet you feel like you're in the action. Yeah, yeah, you sort of. Yeah, like sometimes you feel a bit too close <laughs> when you have a With player, the right like, expensive kit. Yeah, and like, well, you think, oh, Chris, yeah, the ball's nearly hit me a couple of times, and you think, well, yeah, glad I've got insurance. Um, but yeah, you've got a completely different view of the game, and generally you're sat down as well, low, so you can get you get a much more like, better angle of the players, and and also you get to yeah, you, I get to watch the game a lot more. I don't see everything because you're looking through a viewfinder, but like sometimes when you're watching it behind the goal, it's difficult to follow. Sometimes you know, especially if it's a big crowd because the terraces aren't very steep and you can just miss so much. But so far this season, yeah, I've sort of got to know. I've become a bit more aware of everyone, at, at, like all the players and how they're performing, and um, yeah, it's just a, a real new way of watching football, really. Yeah. And you took the, I think, did you and Lorraine both take photos on the kit launch night? Yes, we did, yes. So a team photo, and you said afterwards it was one of your life's ambitions. <laughs> yeah. How was that? Oh, it's brilliant. I, I, so I grew up a Manchester United fan, and you know, I used to always get the poster and stick it up on the bedroom wall, and look at all the players and sort of have grand thoughts about one day, you know, I might have some kind of involvement in football. And we had to take that squad shot was brilliant, and they were—they were—it was quite funny as well. Like hearing them, the players talking to each other and how they interacted with each other, and the, and the banter, which <laughs> was band uh, word. It was. Oh, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, tongue in cheek. No, it was. Um, yeah, like the, you could see sort of real camaraderie on that training session, and um, I think that's been an important part of, of of this team so far this season. They've been really up for it, and even though it's not always gone good, well you know you can see that they've still got a lot of belief in the squads and um, and they all seem to get on which is nice When did you first come down to Dulwich? I came down on an August evening in 2010 um, I was living in Ballam at the time for my sins and uh, 
I essentially was, clapping now. Yeah, it's awful. awful. Uh, and I thought, I was bored and I thought, well, I've heard about Dulwich Hamlet and I heard it's a famous non-league club and I thought I'd cycle over here. So I came over and watched it. I sat in the stands and it was only about, I think there was, I looked at the attendance, there were about 280 people here, maybe less. And uh, yeah, and I thought, well, you know, it was a 1-0 loss. I think they, they scored a penalty in extra time, Tunbridge. And um, yeah, then I sort of, I, I started thinking I'll go back more regularly a couple of years later when I moved closer to Dulwich. So about 2012, I started coming most home games. Uh, and and then last season I started going to nearly all the home games and also away games. And now I'm a bit hooked, you know, it sort of grabs you and it obsess- an obsession starts again in my life. <laughs> I'm quite, I, when I like something and get into something, I get a bit like obsessed with it. I have OCD, I'm sure. And um, But it's, it's helped me out. I mean, I've got to get my, my photography out there and I've got, I've met loads of really cool people and just had a good time, you know, been to so many more football grounds as well. So becoming a groundhopper, isn't it? Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah. So I go on Sunday to watch the Dulwich Hamlet youth team with, with Pompey Dunk and Mishy and Griff. And it's like, OK, I'm in... I'm who's, in who's the biggest groundhopper out of those three? <sighs> I don't know, really. I think Mishy's been obviously doing it for a, a long time, hasn't he? And he was telling oh, yeah. me all stories about how he his time doing it in, well, trips he's been to, like, Prague and... And then Dunk mentioned, I think, he said, oh, this will tick off number 400 and something on my list. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Pompey, Dunk, Pompey Dunk has a spreadsheet. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've seen it. I've not seen it, no. Has he got lots of, sort of categories? It's, got, it's, about, also, like, it's also got a column which is just titled uh, Notes. Right. So that's anything notable that happens. Okay. Uh, he, uh, he went to one ground in Uruguay. Uh, crap game. Yeah. Even worse, hot dogs, apparently. Ah. Gave him a dicky stomach. Stomach. <laughs> So you haven't got a spreadsheet yet? No, nah, well, actually, no, I'll start that today. <laughs> Just to see how many I've been to. There was, <laughs> so you actually did? I did, yeah, God, I'm becoming one. Uh, no, I just thought, because on the, on the forum, someone, had, I think Nishi had started up saying, what was your first, the first six grounds you went to in your life? I was racking my brains, uh, and I sat down and listed the first six, and I thought, well, maybe I can think of the others. And, I, yeah, and, and, you know, about two-thirds of the ones I've been to has been since I've come into Dulwich Hamlet, so... It expands your horizons, this club. Hornchurch, Margate, oh, glory places. Yeah. Do you, um, when we go to these places, do you ever sneak off and take a few photos of where we visit? I know Mike Urban does for Brixton yeah. Buzz. Yeah. When we went to Margate, he went around the town and got a few snaps. Yeah, Margate, Margate, I did that in, um, It's because it's quite a photogenic place. I like Urban Decay. It's one of my little feel Quite a few things. people come to Dulwich into that. Yeah, and Margate has a lot of like brutalism, yeah. like, brutalist architecture, and sort of faded glamour. But now, you know, obviously, it's, it's become a bit of a trendy place now. Dreamland, yeah. Um, so yeah, and I found lots of quirky little things in Margate. So that was cool. But um, I didn't. I've not really talked, taken my camera to many away trips before this season. So uh, certainly, I hope, and I've not been to many away games uh, this season, really, apart from like most them. And that wasn't really anything to take photographs of. That was that was a horrible day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so I hope to like do, certainly do more this season. Actually, yeah, because I like I like street photography as well. That's that's always fun. Uh, yeah, I, like, I like Mike Urban stuff. He's 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 got a good eye for a, uh, a, a snap. And is there a certain area on the pitch where mm. you prefer? Is there a favourite position that you have? Because we're right now we're directly in line with the Tommy Jover stand. Yeah. 
letters up on the far stand. We're on the toilet's opposite stand. Yeah. So if we look to our right, you've got the car wash. If we look to our left, you've got Greendale. Mm. If you were going to set up and try and grab five or ten of your best photos to showcase your Dulwich Hamlet work, yeah. would there be a preferred position or... Does it all depend on the I game, sunlight? It's a, yeah, it depends on the light, on the, what's happening in the game, yeah, how, how they're playing. Um, I, I like over behind the... Uh, near where the, t- the turnstiles are, sort of that corner. So going between the touchline and the sideline. Side because often Dulwich will be... Well, they always attack in the second half that, that way, so you get nice shots with sometimes with the crowds, with the main stand behind them, and also when you're shooting from the touchline, you get shots of the of the crowd behind the goal so that's, that's probably the best places and to be honest I, I, I want to do more shots of like the defence because you tend to sort of just be at the end which Dunwich is attacking some games you know Dunwich do you know I used to trawl through photos on Facebook obviously for, our, for the stuff we do on Twitter and, and on Facebook as well yeah and I used to really struggle especially in um, photos of the season we came up yeah and maybe when Erwin was here yeah really struggled to find photos of the defence mainly mm. because we were always on the attack yeah yeah, exactly and you don't want to let people down by not getting goals but um, now that there's me and Lorraine then we, we, you know, I'm going to sort of try and make a concerted effort to go up the other end because I, I really, Matt Dorage is my favourite player so. he's swiftly becoming our favourite player yeah, he's, he's gazelle that man he's, he's, he oozes class that guy And uh, I've never seen a centre back glide along the <laughs> pitch he's almost Rio Ferdinand like yeah he's, he's fantastic so I, I, I'm, I took a few pictures at, at Merston of, of him playing and it was interesting and I heard him heard him like he's got, he, he puts down people and referees quite well <laughs> he's no nonsense with everything he does uh, and also like oh, Phil as well Phil's having a great season so I want to get more photos for Phil um, he's looking more trim this season. He is, yeah, yeah. Maybe he, it's the change from orange to green. That might Maybe be that it. helps. Yeah, it could be no it. one looks good in bright orange. No, definitely not. not the, the Dutch, maybe. But <laughs> yeah, so that, that's that's something I'm going to do as well. Definitely going to try and do that. Get get the defence because they're, they're, they're. I don't know. Was it how many clean sheets have they had this season? Uh, Five, four in the first eight games. That's brilliant. So yeah. My hat's off to them, and I'll try and I'll try and do them proud with some photographs of them, of them, uh, bossing it at the back. It would be remiss of me to not give you a chance to plug yourself. Yes, I, well, so yeah, this is why I'm here. M- mentioned it earlier. Your website is <laughs> my website is www.duncanpalmer.com. That's D-U-N-C-A-N-P-L-M-E-R. Um, yep, and it's got all my most of my stuff on there, and it'll have links to all my. Flickr account and my Instagram account and um, and anything really that is not you know where I can put more stuff on because I think I, I save my best shots for the website. But it's got how to contact me, how to you can see blogs and so I like writing. So I've, I've done a lot of writing about cycling. So I like doing a blog about certain shots sometimes and trips I've done. Yeah, so go, go on DuncanPalmer.com and book me and your twitter is photo dunk photo dunk yeah i'm surprised i got that username actually i was, I was like i need to set it up about a year ago i was like surely that can't be right so yeah there's only one photo dunk that's me and facebook is duncan palmer photography that's right yeah yeah and you'll see i usually post up um a gallery from dulwich games onto the dulwich hamlet uh facebook page and and also tag them in twitter so you'll be able to just find my stuff easily yeah thank you very much duncan palmer official dulwich hamlet photographer it's been a pleasure. <laughs> Likewise, Ben. Tooting down the drain. Away goes tooting down the drain.
Goodbye. So guys, it's FA Cup Day, and we're here for Whitehall versus Dulwich Hamlet. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Uh, I'm Pete. I'm Henry. And I'm Julia. You're so quiet, Julia. Please be. He's never said that. I said that. <laughs> and he's always like, shut up! So I picked up everything. So how long have you guys been coming to Whitehawk? Uh, this is my fifth full season. Uh, and I did a half season before that. I guess this is your fifth? Fourth? Probably fourth, yeah. 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 I've just been down here for just over a year and a bit now, so... Have you always been into non-league football, all three of you, or is it something you picked up since no, never. Whitehawk? First time I came to Whitehawk was the first non-league game I ever came to. Yeah. I was really worried it would be a... I, I came into an absolute shithole of a ground, and then I arrived and I was like, yeah, it's a shithole of a ground. <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. Yeah, for myself, um, since I was a young kid, I've been following, weirdly, rugby league, and then Hull City, who are my local team back home. Yeah, so, but I moved down here for... For many reasons, I followed Whitehawk from there. So yeah. How about you, Jim? Sorry, I was distracted by baby in hospital. Yeah, a mutual friend of ours was like, "It's the international break. Do you want to come see some football?" And I was like, "Yes, I do." Because seeing some football is better than no football. And I wasn't really sure what to expect, but then came down. I really enjoyed the atmosphere. Much better than a lot of bigger games I've been to prior to that. So I kept playing. Cool. And we're here today, one because it's the FA Cup, but two because it's the OSA Sankofa Derby. <laughs> first one. I'll say Sankofa. There's a song that you guys have for him, which we haven't, we haven't picked up yet. We don't feel like we should anyway, because it's your song. How does it go? It's, uh, it's Coca Cabana, but it's Aussie, Aussie Sankofa. <laughs> he is sharper than Stephen King's loafers. He is Aussie, Aussie Sankofa. Heading and tackling are always fashioned with us. Yeah, that's the one. It doesn't work when you haven't got like a beefy baritone voice. With you, it's just. <laughs> well, usually when there's a song that you start singing, it's either it's a cold player or it's a really, really good player. So, is it a bit both? Um, we. we we picked up obviously like at the start of last season from Ebsfleet and we traditionally start our season slow like hideously hideously slow for the last few years we've, we've not won for like four or five games uh, and you know he's, he's a centre back and I think with the four or five games in we'd only picked up like two points and he was our top scorer um, <laughs> so it wasn't like the best start of the season but yeah he's, he's just great I'm like, a, a really, and he's just a really nice fellow as well he's very that was really genuine. Yeah, yeah, we do have a bit of a, a thing on our Twitter where we, we like. I think I've asked out Danny Mills like ten times. <laughs> Who like, is? Who's Danny Mills? Uh, game. Uh, he's uh, like star forwards. He has been for like the last four or five Not years. Ex England Danny Mills. He's better than him. He's better than him. And uh, so like a lot of the players tend to sort of ignore us or just be a bit like embarrassed. But yeah, he was always really nice and chatted to us and stuff. So yeah, he's a really good guy. I think I've never chatted to him in real life, but I would. Because he's made his debut for Charlton at Old Trafford, didn't he? And he's he did, yeah. He's quickly. a proper Prem player. Got sent off at the Emirates as well. Yeah, did, did he? Yeah. I think he's concentrating on his coaching a lot. Do you see? He's, his Twitter always says he's coaching. So yeah. Like, he's going into that side of the game instead. The fact that he left was a, was a real shock. Why did he leave? We can speculate. Oh, really? yeah. he, he joined Ebsfleet as a, as a coach and then he was suddenly gone. Uh, uh, what? While he was here, while well? yeah, and then he's and also I, coach at Epsley. Yeah, then he took uh, a, he took a job coaching like under tens at Epsley yeah. or something like that, and then they're, they're just like. Yeah, we the the thing is with the conference half at the minute is Epsley because they've got such vast resources. They kind of look to the teams who did well last year, especially a team like Whitehall who are quite modest. Pick and yeah, choose, the last full time jobs, etc. Et the last two years they've picked up our best player 
Um, and I think the club so. have got a bit of a chip on their shoulder about it. But like, yeah. Because yeah. even within the first two games playing for us, you could def- like even the league below you guys, you could just defend blindfolded. So easy. Is he, is he, he was, so, yeah, so easy. He's a, I think he's a conference prem player. Yeah. That he's dropping so low is, is really bonkers to me. But yeah. That's the thing with some of our players. Um, obviously, football people forget that football players are just normal. You know, they kind of get rose-tinted glasses, and you get different characters in the change room. And down here at Whitehawk, you get some of the guys who really just want to focus on their football, and then you get some of the fellas who are actually really educated and want to push on for something else. Danny Mills is one. He spends a lot of time focusing on his sports science. And then Osi is, if you speak to anyone, he's so well-spoken. He's, he's an intellectual, in fairness. So the fact he wants to go into football coaching doesn't surprise me. Yeah. And uh, we had a player on loan from you guys last season, Serge McClough. Serge, yeah, yeah. Now, he came to us. He scored the winner on his debut at Enfield Town. We won 1-0. And then he didn't really do much else. And he ended up going back to you guys. And then you guys came and played us in the pre-season... Uh, not pre-season, mid-season friendly. Yeah. About a month after he returned, and he scored, and he celebrated like he won the Champions League. Yeah. And then, about 15 minutes after that, went through our um, assistant manager, who also plays Kevin James. Went through him and almost cut him in half. I don't know if you guys know anything about um, his time at Dulwich, or if he feels a bit sour about it. But that, got, was, that was a bit strange. No, nothing. I'm afraid. Uh, uh, Serge Shields is one of those ones. He, um, has he left now? He, he has, yeah. He, he came in at the start of last season and he was like, he's not a name that you would know, I don't think. I don't know where we came, he came from. He, he's he's played in the league for Grimsby. Yeah. Right, okay. I think he was one of those like football manager legends. Legends. Yeah, right, okay. Which is always yeah. a bit of a poison Freddy, challenge. Freddy, yeah, 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 yeah. I think we might have even held at the start of last season. Um, we, we lost a lot of our players from the year before, or lost or got rid of and they actually held open trials um, like in a park around the corner um, so we had a lot of um, agents sending players and stuff like that and I think he was one of the ones that got picked up but he, I, don't, I think he maybe started like five or six games for us yeah. I always checked up on him and he never really started much for you yeah, yeah. yeah. He, um, I actually went up to that pre-season match what was it not pre-season it was mid-season uh, mid-season yeah, yeah. Tuesday night um, what took me aback by that game was how how ferocious it was. I'm not sure whether it was because it was that like a critical, a critical yeah. point of the season for both teams, but some of the tackles which were going in, and you, your keeper, the big guy, Phil, Phil Wilson, he was really into it. You know? yeah. Really, yeah. Yeah. We, had, we played quite a few mid-seasons last season. We played Staines as well and beat them. We went out of the cups really early. Uh, so keep them yeah. so, And we also, January, February, they just yeah. organised games to keep them fresh. That's good, man. I suppose both the managers went, look, you can come here for a run around, but we've got yeah. some important games coming up. So, yeah. When the um, when the draw was made for this game a couple of weeks ago, I saw you guys. Even you guys might have retweeted something on Twitter about it being a game between the two most inclusive clubs in South England. Yeah. Um, where does that come from? Why? Um, Is it all of your anti-homophobia, anti-racism? You can, you can, you can tell Terry. Go on. Basically, um, I'll be inclusive, and you can. I think it's direct influence of where you're situated near Brighton. Yeah. Brighton's so basically, just just for a brief history of Whitehawk for the Dulwich fans out there who might not have heard of it, Whitehawk is a post-industrial estate, um, very working class ethos, and this has for 20 years been the working class non-league club of the Brighton and Hove area. So it does have 
that amazing island. But also, weirdly, it has this weird dynamic where it's situated next to the Kent Town, which is so wonderfully diverse in music, demographics. It's, I think, the gay capital or gay suburb of England. So you have this two forces coming together, which really make it, for me, a wonderfully inclusive club. So that's where it comes from, but you came down there. Hey, well, yeah, I mean... The, the club kind of bumbled along for quite a little while in the, like, the county leagues and stuff and then um, uh, the first time we came kind of coincided with when they eventually well, were on their climb up um, which is kind of weird like Ross uh, this guy who's just turned up basically said um, one day he called us and was like oh, we want to go to football we could get tickets for the Albion so we just started coming to we just came to Hawks and um, there were three of us I think behind the goal and then we got people like Julia and stuff involved, and it was all like-minded people. Uh, and we, like, Roars and I, and uh, our friend Jay, and some of that. Uh, there's a guy called Jam as well, who I think is now li- living in London, a Dulwich fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, we were all... Yeah, oh, James Fashion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but we were all, like, variants of the... Horrible to say it, but DIY punk scene, like we've all been in bands and toured for years and stuff, so that stuff was ingrained in us anyway. And we just started doing it that way. Uh, maybe not Julia. <laughs> um, so yeah, we know, you got blue dip dyed hair. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah, I mean, that's more about being a princess than punk. Fair. Fair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, we just we started doing that and we thought, because we, we've all been fans of like, uh, really, again, really cliche to say, but clubs like. Sipali and Tennis Borussia uh, and stuff like that Um, so we thought it would be really cool to do to have our fan base with that sort of ethic and that's all our ethics anyway so we started doing we made one of the first banners we made was um, an anti-racist anti-sexist anti-homophobic banner which was as a direct result of going away to Bognor and getting dog loads of homophobic abuse Um, so we, we, we st- well I would say stole we stole, stole, we stole, stole the key thing we went up and saw Borussia uh, Tennis Borussia Berlin um, last year and they did this thing where they waved their keys to signify the key moment of the game so, so we were just like right we'll take that yeah. we've just started doing that when we get a corner get keys out of the corner yeah, yeah. works cool. it's really good yeah. and uh, yeah we just started doing that and we just thought like the best thing to do about it is just make it as fun as possible and just be and nice then, really make yeah. people want to come I mean, the idea is that we are Fun guys, anyway. But no, but like, as in, you know, football should be fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, we try it out all the time, but football exactly. is for everyone. It's yeah. absolutely not okay that people go to enjoy a really amazing sport and then feel victimised because someone's been mean. Like, it's not okay. So. I think it, it all in it, different parts in our lives. We were, we were really into football and then kind of fell out of love with it, and then coming back here is kind of reignited a bit and we just in, started just enjoying it because it's just a fun atmosphere like it, we try to make the 90 minutes as fun as we can whether that works or not I yeah, we, um, for me personally um, I haven't been in Brighton as long as these guys but my group of mates are from Chester Oldham and Hull and we come down here and we're used to when we go watch our teams the whole casual element and there's a lot of uh, racist fan groups in our teams from up north and we've just had enough of paying 100 quid for that and we're sick of it and it's not nice, it's not cool. So. And you mentioned you rise up the leagues. Yeah. Is that, was there one or two guys who are now their directors who just decided to invest? There's three. Uh, yeah. There's three fellas. They're all local from Whitehall. Right. Um, one of them's son at the time was playing for Whitehall in the county leagues and they just started putting money in. He still plays for us now, actually. Um, 
guard. Yeah. And and then yeah, they just just want to put money in. I mean, they're, they're, we went to the AGM uh, at the start of the year. Their idea is. Um, yeah, what's they the want, end goal? They want to turn it to football league club. League one in five years time. That's what they want. They want four promotions in five years. When you look around, yeah. it's, you can tell how ambitious that is. Yeah, yeah, it's really <laughs> ambitious. The idea, the idea is to uh, to build a new ground, uh, burn this one into the ground, hopefully, um, and just make it into a, a viable alternative yeah, to the Albion. The guys who um, the guys who own it are local boys, done good, and their their particular line of work is construction. So they've got they're applying for planning permission, are they, for a six thousand seat stadium? Where, where would that be? Just starting in Whitehawk, yeah, yeah, in in the area of Whitehawk. So yeah, still closer to Brighton than the Amex. Yeah. Because there was talk a couple of seasons ago about a name change. It was, yeah. Brighton City, Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't the best. Um, well, the thing about it is, that, like Henry mentioned about Whitehall, historically has a really bad area. I, I'm not from Brighton. I lived in Leeds for like five years, and I said to my friends, oh, I'm going to move to Brighton. And uh, everyone was just like, oh, don't live near Whitehall. It's a, it's a shithole. And um, you're like, okay, well, all right. But, no, and then when you go to the games and stuff, and you speak to people about it and they go oh yeah this is really good I really like to go what are they called? oh it's Whitehall oh no uh, they, they're, they're not going yeah yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to Whitehall no. it might be Peckham sort of equivalent yeah it's like downtrodden dangerous it's not it's not it's yeah, not it's not fair or right because I actually work in East Brighton which is the area and the people are so so friendly it has such a different dynamic to the rest of Brighton um, I swear by the people there, they are wonderful, absolutely wonderful. So. But that, yeah, that's the reason for the name change, just yeah. because we, we obviously find it hard to get people through the door, as the old saying goes. So, um, yeah, they, they, they thought that the name change would try to get rid of some of the negative connotations. What is... What is your? What are your relationships with the clubs around here, like Lewis, Eastbourne Borough, Brighton themselves? Is there any relationship? Is there any connection? Uh, any... it, de- it depends on the club, and the fa- it actually doesn't depend on the club. It depends on the fans. Is, um, Lewis is great. Lewis Worthing, absolutely oh, Worthing, fantastic yeah. clubs. Lewis Hill. We, yeah, we try. Yeah, Worthing hammered us in the FA Cup. Did, yeah, yeah. we've got a really yeah. good relationship with them. They're fantastic. They get involved in five-a-side competitions. Pete, you know a lot about. Yeah, them. I think yeah. you've got a fan too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We well. think we played yeah. a while. We played, yeah, we yeah, played you. Yeah. We, you beat, we, um, we turned up in. Um, this is the Orient tournament. Yeah, the Orient tournament. We turned. Were you playing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The yeah. hottest day of the year. Yeah, yeah. we in the Dutch. Yeah, yeah. We, they we, yeah, you we, beat us. We are absolutely, absolutely shit. Because yeah, right? we were shit. Yeah. We beat yeah. you. But we yeah. basically we done what Japan had done in the World Cup. We. We got Brentford in the first group round. Yeah, but we didn't we, win. We we yeah, we, yeah, but we, we basically went, look, we're not going to win three games. If we get a draw against Brentford, we'll just be over the moon. So we put five men behind the ball on the counter-attack in the last minute, got an equaliser, and it was the best thing ever. But because we're unfit and we drink too much beer, we got you guys uh, in the, I, I, in the I shield. Once, I, I once pulled out, I once pulled out, and then up front with um, my mate Sophie, who... Um, on like the second to last game just like did her knee and it, it, apparently she's torn ligaments has to have surgery on it so. but she um, making it she couldn't no um, so prior she, um, she couldn't play the last tips she couldn't play the last game and she um, like she was just limping around and we were like alright well you know you might need to go off no I'm not going off I'm getting married next week and she won't let me play football after this I'm just doing this, doing this now I was like okay well 
you know, we're, we're kind of overrun. <laughs> but no, she was, um, she was actually really badly hurt. And I was, guys, the yeah. whole train home, I was just laughing at it. And yeah, it's really bad. a long way to go. I'm, yeah. fairly, I'm fairly sure we qualified from our group without scoring a goal. Did you? Yeah. Do you remember that? Was that this and summer? He five against us. Oh, uh, we uh, played this summer. Oh, okay. Yeah, you beat us 5 3 and you had. You basically had these three young lads in a tuck. They're here today. They, they were real good. And then oh, you just had, you had, you had these two, if you don't mind me saying, and sorry if you guys listen, because I had a pint with them after. Two rhino like defenders. G-Man? <laughs> yeah. He uh, here. With shin pads out of the socks, <laughs> undone, sweating, you know. I like think that. I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they could be here today. Just like <laughs> shoulder bars. The start of that match was the biggest out of climax of my life because I thought, right, I'll just, um, Henry and someone will take the kick off and I could see your keeper off the line. I was like, right, Henry, Henry, pass me. And then he just passed it back, right, I'm going to fucking score from halfway line. Just, just hit it and he just kind of caught it in one hand. And I was like, ah, son of a bitch. Sorry, we were talking about the rise of the leagues. Yeah, so. Um, You've gone from what league did you start in? So, so county league, and now you're in conference south. How is the conference south? Because we at Dulwich, look, the past couple of seasons we've been close to last season we got to playoff semi final out of the run with Rem. And when you get to that stage, you always get people talking about is it what's the conference south going to be like if we go up? Is, are we going to be able to get away with what we get away with now? A lot of people are convinced that Conference South takes away a lot of fun it starts to be a bit more like the Conference National a lot more security how is it is it shit we we haven't got the money to get security Um, so I mean it's exactly the same it's exactly the same there's a couple of grounds yeah a couple of grounds you can't drink and I would uh, like Sutton and stuff like that but otherwise it's the only really bad reception we had was when we weren't allowed in the bar. Uh, oh, that was the playoff, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Playoff but yeah, that's about I'd, it. Like. I'd say that the conference itself, a bit like the conference national, half the teams are sort of um, Ryman's premise level in terms of stature. And then you've got a few teams at the top who, in terms of grounds maybe, aren't quite conference national but in terms of mentality which I think is more important so when you go to Ebbsfleet for example sorry to all the good Ebbsfleet fans who are listening but you do get some abuse you do get some some comments which wouldn't be too out of place at a team like Grimsby or Macclesfield or something like that Ebbsfleet Dartford Bromley have now gone up those few teams around the Great London area you get a bit backward but there's some amazing teams as well beautiful teams like off the top of my head I like going to have a lot of leagues. That was a nice ground. Yeah, they're a great team. And last season you reached the playoff finals. I was watching on Twitter. Uh, how was that? Was that a good experience? Did that ended in heartbreak? Yeah. It was horrible. Um, was it penalties? Penalties. So, it, no, we, we lost in the last, last yeah. few minutes of extra time. Um, in the last couple of minutes of the game, uh, Ossie actually hit an open goal over the bar. And yeah, it was yeah. just, it was just like... Was last kick to the bar. Couldn't face the shame. Yeah. One goal, one kick away. From going into the conference fashion. Do you reckon you would have been ready, or would you, would you just brought in players? And you the the conference. Oh, who knows? The, the owners might have stepped up and doubled the, yeah. the budget. They might have just left as it is. They would have had to go full time. It would have been hilarious, oh, yeah. like going to teams like Tranmere. Just full time, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Tramier, yeah. There was talk. There was talk that. Um, wow. There was talk <laughs> that. Um, well, the rumor was that Lewis's ground is a conference standard ground. So we could, yeah, apparently the plan is, and we we could share. With, but apparently, a lot of the things are like um, different um, 
different turnstiles and yeah, you can, so you can, you can, you can yeah, probably segregate and stuff like that. And you're not allowed to grasp in between the stand and the pitch and stuff like that. So, I mean, and they've done all that and they're probably graded. Whereas this is just a fucking See, we thought maybe going up to the Conference South might be during this. Going up to the Conference National but like here we're still allowed to change ends we still have yeah. the time in the yeah. terrace although I went to I, really um, I went to Welling Trambier a couple of days ago Trambier uh, Vidal who left Dulwich in the summer to go to Welling oh right plays for Welling now you probably watched him uh, okay. he started yeah sent him yeah. right yeah 32. And, and they changed names at half time and stuff and, and oh, that's the was fine so yeah. Yeah. you know like you say there's just such a mix of clubs like beneath the football league you're, you're going to get some big nasty ones and you're going to get some nice ones yeah yeah I mean for every Bogner there's there's Worthen and Burgess and Lewis so yeah I guess if, by, by the looks looks <laughs> faces you've uh, you've played there Bogner. was something probably four or five years ago now where Bogner came to Champion Hill and there was some because our team on average every season is probably out of the 11 players on the field probably seven or eight are black I'd say averagely, maybe even more actually, maybe eight, eight or nine. Right. And there was a few quite choice comments. They said what from Bogner, from the travelling fans. Yeah, that's yeah. not unlike some Bogner fans. So. Yeah, you hear you hear different accounts, but I think you can, on the whole, you can assume that there was some we've, stuff that wasn't too good. We've got some uh, quite some, oh, some quite good friends who are, are K's fans, and obviously the stuff that kicked up last year with. They keep over the jump, yeah, jumping into the yeah. pitch and stuff. Like. They must have said something horrendous because he used to play for Dulwich as a youngster right. and was the nicest guy you could ever meet. He was really placid, would never get in a fight, would never get involved in any arguments. And yeah, they said something to make him jump over the hoardings and get in a scrap. So, the ca- yeah, the case fans, from what I've known, are like some of the best actually that we've played. We had a game with them a while ago that um, we were 1 0 down and the lights mysteriously went off. And uh, it couldn't come back on, so the game got abandoned. And we, we won the replay like four-one, and all the Kingston fans came, and they were bringing like torches and stuff. This <laughs> is <just> really funny. Oh <laughs> um, yeah. So that's the story of our rise at the leagues. We have to ask you, uh, Wilston Raider. Uh, yeah. That was you guys at Wilston, wasn't it? No, it was just outside there. I was at that game, yeah. He, um, what do you remember so, of that day? Yeah. Do you think you I, I've never been called a cunt so many times in 90 yeah. minutes in my entire life. He, um, they're, they're, they're fans, really? They're, we heard lots of rumours that they were banned Millwall and banned Chelsea fans. And we thought, oh, they can't, be that, they can't be that bad. And uh, yeah, they did not like me at all. Basically, um, I wasn't here on that day, but my very, very good friend Mick Foote, he was down here and um, he said that this, this guy turned up after necking nine or ten Stella cans, came in being abusive, um, and that's how it kind of, he got filmed after being abusive. But thereafter, he said, Whitehall fans were apprehending him and being nasty about his disability, uh, which just is nonsense. You know? So that video that went viral is supposed to be quite funny, and yet on that day, you got abused, some people got abused. Yeah, uh, well, I mean... Yeah. Part of Arsenal playing Wilson, really. Yeah, I mean, every and there's not I don't, not met any other non-league fans that have a good word to say about them. So I mean, yeah. I mean, I could be wrong. They could be lovely. Oh yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they. I'm sure they've got good oh, exes. Well, the majority of them. The majority of them. We've had some, we've some like, quite lively in a good way games with them. Yeah, that's true. They're a physical club. And yeah. they always like, like they came here last year and beat us one nil, and they totally deserved it. But they they just out muscled us and stuff. So. 
Um, sorry, really conscious right. of running out of time. Yeah, 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 we've got four minutes for kickoff. We've got a quick fire round. Jules, you're up. So these are, mo- yeah. these, these are multiple, not multiple choice. It's one or the other. Right, who wants to do it? Definitely not. You go through not. the three if you want. God, son of a bitch. Yeah, go right. Comfort South or the Beautiful South? Comfort South. Would you rather fight a horse-sized duck or 50 duck-sized horses? Really small duck-sized horses. Fat Boy Slim or the real Slim Shady? Fat Boy Slim. It's Brighton. Brighton Beer or Brighton Pier? Brighton Beer. The lanes of Brighton or lines of cocaine? <laughs> oh, God! <laughs> Constant. Lanes of Brian. I'm sending this to my parents. I'm on the, I'm on the radio. <laughs> oh, come on. I'm on the radio. On the radio. <laughs> Sergio Torres or Fernando Torres? Sergio Torres. We've got something about that. Although, I, I tried to make a song about that, but no one joined in, so... <laughs> Sounds like a lot of us. Carrier. David Cameron or Babe? Anyone but David Cameron. Jurassic, <laughs> Jurassic Park or Independence Day? Oh, what? Jurassic Park? Yeah, Jurassic Park. Sorry. Sorry. Jay can, it convenient because Jay, Jay's favourite film is Independence Day. You made me got so shrill then. Bogner Regis or being repeatedly stabbed in the eye with a screwdriver? Anyone but Bogner Regis. Even, no. Oh. I was going to say even David Cameron, but maybe not. The two of them could just fuck off into the sea. <laughs> Daffodils or lilies? Daffodils. It was uh, Sarah's, birth- Sarah's birthday the other day and I bought her a bunch of lilies. So there we go. Oasis or Blur? Sorry? Oasis or Blur? Blur. Oh Oasis. God. Yeah, Oasis, definitely. You're from the north. This is outrageous. Your doesn't count. The beautiful song. Jeremy Corbyn or Jeremy Clarkson? Corbyn. Jesus. Ford Hamlet or the Guardian Football Weekly? <sighs> Which one are you? <laughs> <laughs> you look like James <laughs> Richardson. <laughs> I, I wish I... Jamsy! I wish I... Yeah, Jams a fucking Dulwich fan now. Oh. Um, yeah, uh, this. Yes. Yeah, well, I just want to say welcome down to Whitehall. Hope you have a good day and everything, so... What did you make of the game? I thought from start to finish, Whitehawk was the better side, if I'm honest. You could, you could see that uh, their starting 11 and even the players they brought on as well were just of a better quality than we've got at Dulwich. Yeah, they've got some very good players, a lot of league experience, haven't they? Sergio Torres especially I think he gave the ball away once yeah, that was yeah. in about the 70th minute yeah very um, tidy and they've just got those other players that you've probably not heard of but they play at Conference South level and they're really really tidy like they had a little number 7 who whined and whined and whined but he was a very good player and had a really good touch mm. and they had to make two substitutions in the first half due to injuries but didn't make any difference they were they've strengthened depth as well it's the fitness levels as well. When we've played conference staff teams over the past couple of years, their fitness levels have been on another level, and that was exactly the same again today. And yeah. now, as we look at the pitch, actually, the, they sh- the pitch is on a massive slope, both, both vertically and horizontally, if that makes sense? Yeah. And it slopes down into one corner. Um, and in the first half, apparently, they always try and shoot um, downhill try and give themselves an advantage or no sorry it's the other way around they should try and shoot uphill in the first half and in the second half they've got an advantage um, and it might have showed in the, in the second half when Dulwich were shooting up the hill and really struggled to put any ball any passing moves together yeah I, we were outclassed from start to finish but I thought we uh, we were up for it at times it was sloppy from us but you know we we got it back to two we got it back to one all um, at 3-1 we looked a bit lost but then we got another goal back from a penalty 
and you know we just couldn't quite string together uh, enough chances at the end to really to really test them. Um, and you know they were happy just to keep the ball and end up scoring a goal uh, a goal on the break at the end to make it four two. Probably a fair scoreline overall. Yeah, that was a great goal. Smashed it across Phil Wilson from about 15 yards into the far top corner. I think it might hit the post on the way in as well. Yeah. Um, and now the next game is on Tuesday night away at Met Police, which is possibly the worst away game of the season. Not because it's anything to do with Met Police or the club, but it's not a great ground. It's not a very enjoyable trip to get there and it's always the most boring game in the world when Dunwich play Met Police um, hopefully a better game will be this Saturday Dulwich versus VCD Athletic at Champion Hill and it's Dulwich's the game has been designated as Dulwich's contribution to this year's non-league day because Dulwich are away on the actual day which is on the 10th of October so they designated the game the week before which is at home as their contribution all proceeds go to the British Heart Foundation and the club's official charity partner Cool Town Arts it's pay what you want so the same as last year against Hampton and Richmond Borough um, which attracted almost 3,000 fans and raised over 6 grand so please do come along on Saturday you can pay whatever you want you can pay 50 pence you can pay 20 quid I think someone last year paid 50 quid so pay whatever you want and it will go to charity see if we can break last year's attendance record yeah get the word out about this because you know as as someone who's listening to this podcast you will probably have been to Champion Hill before but um, maybe this is a good opportunity for, for you to bring some friends who, uh, who want to see what it's all about and we are very proud to be able to produce this year's poster for the day we were approached by the club so we produced the poster and the more you say, you say we well you, you did it and I, I gave my opinion on it <laughs> that was valuable uh, but as the more switched on out of you will realise it's based on this year's home shirt so I've essentially nicked a design from somewhere else and copied it and passed it off as our own but it actually looks alright and it's all up in frames at Champion Hill in the clubhouse and it's all around the ground and I've seen it in windows everywhere so please do spread the word uh, if you can sneak printing out 20 copies at work do that, stick them up everywhere get yourself a stapler and staple them to trees, fences wherever you can, just get as many people to come along as possible we will see you there on Saturday at Champion Hill until then don't forget to get involved with us online. Our Twitter is at Ford Hamlet. The Facebook is Ford the Hamlet. And our website is FordHamlet.com. And also, don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes or any other podcast app if you are listening to this on our website or any other way. Do subscribe. It's the easiest way to get hold of us. Ford the Hamlet is part of the Holdfast Network. Visit HoldFastNetwork.com for more quality podcasts. Diet a problem diets can't fix. Cause they can do it with their tricks. And if two and get promoted, guaranteed they'll be the mode with two wins for him for six. And away goes two ings down the drain. Away goes two ings down the drain. Goodbye! Swaggering dandies. An absolute palm digger. Swaggering dandies. An absolute humdinger.
Michael Shaw, what are you watching? What are you watching, you son of a bitch? <laughs>